0: This is 89.9 WWNO. I'm Janae Pierre, and it's time for All Things New Orleans. Today's show is special as we highlight all things Jazz Fest. First, we'll chat with Snug Harbor's Jason Patterson, He'll dive into the lineup of their Jazz Fest aftershows. Then, reporter Natalie Yar shares a postcard from the festival grounds. And later, we'll follow up with Tank and the Bangas, the New Orleans bred band making their mark across the globe. They're back home to perform at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and more. That's all coming up on All Things New Orleans. Stay with us. As the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Fest continues, so does the Fest after shows at Snug Harbor Jazz Bistro. The city's premier jazz club has featured musicians like DeVell Crawford, Ellis Marcellus, and Jermaine Basil all within the last week. Here to tell us who's on the ticket this weekend is Snug Harbor's Jason Patterson. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. First off, you know this isn't the first time Snug Harbor has hosted major talent after Jazz Fest. Uh, In fact, This happens quite often, right? It's pretty much the place to go for musicians after Jazz Fest.
1: Well, that's true. We're uh, open year-round, seven days a week, and uh, sometimes it feels like a Jazz Fest all year round.
0: (laughs) So Jazz Fest kicks off weekend two today, and so that means the shows at Snug Harbor continue. Who's playing tonight?
1: We have... Dr. Lonnie Smith, who is a legendary uh, B3 organ player. Lonnie has come a number of times to Snug Harbor. A lot of times it is during Jazz Fest, and he's always a great thrill. Lonnie's been around the music scene for a number of decades, Mm -hmm. and tonight we have him together with some of our best of the New Orleans music community, and I'm talking about saxophonist Donald Harrison Jr., drummer Hurlin Riley, and guitarist Detroit Brooks.
0: Wow, and this this is a mix that has never happened before, right?
1: True. Donald Harrison has a history with uh, Dr. Lonnie, and we've had him with Detroit before, but we've never had this specific configuration. Hurlin Riley has, has not uh, played with Lonnie on our stage before, so this will be a first.
0: Now, speaking of Hurlin Riley, he's actually doing a show on Saturday night. Tell us about that quintet.
1: That is uh, Saturday night at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And that's a configuration. He's had an award-winning album out for the last few months. And he has some folks from that record on, as well as some of his regulars in the New Orleans band. And Saturday night, we'd be having Kyle Russel on piano, Derek Dogay on saxophone, Kevin Lewis on trumpet and a veteran, Curtis Lundy Mm -hmm. on bass. Mm -hmm. He played on Herland's record, and he's played with a who's who of jazz artists for decades. So it's great to have Curtis join Herland on Saturday.
0: You mentioned Kyle Russel. He's actually the pianist for the historic Preservation Hall Jazz Band, correct?
1: That's correct. He's had his own records out. And uh, had been with the Dirty Dozen for a length of time. Uh, Very gifted and has a really good range on piano.
0: Yeah. So Sunday ends Jazz Fest, unfortunately. How are you guys closing it out?
1: Uh, We are going to have Terrence Blanchard and his E-Collective band. Uh, It's great to have Terrence uh, anytime we can. It's not too often because he's touring so much and uh, is always involved with something, either doing a soundtrack or uh, a lot of different things. So it's great to catch him, and uh, he is a great closeout for the Jazz Fest season. And those shows, uh, once again, any of the shows that are during the actual Fest days are 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock.
0: Sounds like it's going to be a good time.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So I hope everybody can come out and come visit us.
0: That was Snug Harbor's Jason Patterson. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you. And have a great Jazz Fest.
0: tickets and a complete schedule of Jazz Fest shows at Snug Harbor, visit SnugJazz.com. Jazz Fest is more than just music. This year, the festival is celebrating the city's 300th anniversary with exhibits by local artists, performers, and historians. Reporter Natalie Yar went to the Grandstand and the Cultural Exchange Pavilion and sent this tricentennial postcard from the festival.
2: Hi, my name is Lane Catherine levinson and I'm the host of Tripod, New Orleans at 300. Tripod is a history show that airs on WWNO, and what you're looking at here is a big wall that has five different posters that each represent a different Tripod episode. Beneath all of those posters, you have these three tablets so you can listen to the episode on the basketball game between St. Aug and Jesuit. You can listen to the episode about the vagabonds from France that were sent here. You can listen to the episode about the German gyms that were a huge, huge part of the scene in the mid-19th century to late 19th century, into the era of World War I actually. I love all of these episodes. I really love the episode about the basketball game, a a secret basketball game that was the first game to integrate high school sports. The NBA had been integrated for over five years at that point, and high school sports were still segregated in Louisiana, so that's what that episode is all about. I took this project on because I really thought this is a way to go way deeper and really find out a lot of the things about this city that either don't get enough attention or possibly people didn't want anyone to know about. And I'm interested in seeking those out and um, not only learning about them myself, but having the rest of the city learn and know their where you know their own hometown or adopted city as best they can.
3: Hi, I'm Dominique Francis, co-owner of Backstreet Cultural Museum. So the exhibits you see here, this is one of my favorite personal Mardi Gras Indian suits from the chief, Victor Harris, who has been masking for 53 years straight. This one is blue, white, and silver. Everything is rhinestone-crusted, all hand-sewn, all hand-beaded by Victor Harris himself. And then you're also gonna see some memorabilia of uh, people who have died and passed away, and Indians we wanna honor throughout the year who has passed on. There's an old photograph uh, that displays my great-great-grandmother from the 1949s, from the eight-wart hunter, uh, Big Queen Anita. This year, for the first time, we're displaying our Mardi Gras Indian altar that tributes to past Indians that have died and gone on. So the altar symbolize and just represent that we're keeping Mardi Gras Indians alive, jazz funerals alive. We just want to pay tribute and respect to those who have gone on and those who have came before us. I was born into this tradition and actually it's a legacy that I'm carrying out from my dad. He started the collection in like 79 and he's been building it since. We've been at Jazz Fest for about 35 plus years. So um, it's a tradition and an honor so I have no choice, <laughs> it's a part of me.
4: My name is Rachel Brenland, and I'm the director of the Neighborhood Story Project, which is a collaborative ethnography organization um, where we help people write books about the city. Today uh, I have the great fortune of selling our latest book, which is with Bayaya and the Mandingo Warriors and the Backstreet Cultural Museum, and an anthropologist named Jeffrey David Ehrenreich. The book is called Fire in the Hole, the Spirit Work of Fayaya, And it's a wonderful partnership between the Backstreet, which is one of the first community-based museums, or maybe the first community-based museum dedicated to African-American performance traditions in the city, and the first Mardi Gras tribe that transformed the tradition into a more African aesthetic. This part, to me, helped me really connect with my own ancestors. It's really about ancestral worship. That's what they do, and that's what was the kind of the crossroad moment for Victor with the creation of Fayaya. It was a, a return to thinking about his own roots, and so when he goes out on the street, people follow him and gravitate to him not just because it's beautiful but because it evokes an imagination about their own lineages and ever since I started working on it I've tended to my own ancestors in a much deeper way I suggest everybody try it because good things come when you do that I'm
5: Nick Scamoza this is the St. Joseph altar I'm representing the Italian, American, and Sicilians in the 300 year anniversary of New Orleans at the Jazz Fest 2018. St. Joseph altars have been done since the 12th or 13th century and they represent our uh, giving blessings and, and thanks to St. Joseph for saving us. In the medieval times it was a great drought, everyone was starving to death, there was no rain. We prayed to St. Joseph, and he came and he saved us. He grew the fava bean. That's where the lucky bean comes from and is one of the mainstays of the altar. On the altar, you have many different things, different flowers, breads, cookies, and things of that nature. One of my favorite things, if you notice, the little scraps of paper, people ask St. Joseph for favors, and what you do is you write it, you throw it on the altar. I collect them every year, and so they stay year after year. There was a lot of loss after Katrina. You know, Katrina didn't kill New Orleans with waves or rain or flooding, but the impact on culture was brutal. And I see that, having grown up where I grew up at. One of the main things I wanted to bring back was the St. Joseph altar. So I would have them at my bar at Lost Love Lounge. Whenever I have an opportunity to bring this to the public, I go ahead and do it, and thank you for, to Jazz Fest for asking us to bring it out here. And it was a great honor and a pleasure to be able to do that for them.
6: My name is Cynthia Ramirez and I am displaying a Day of the Dead altar for the Fats Domino. I have pictures of throughout his life from his very beginning till he was old and as we remember him and in front of his house on Catherine Avenue. I just thought it was appropriate for Fats Domino to be honored in the 300th uh, anniversary. I think it was, he was one of the most locally, internationally known and um, artists that influenced a lot of artists internationally. I knew of him, I passed his house constantly, and I, you know, I know people who made clothes for him, you know, so I knew the personal side, and he was a part of the neighborhood, part of New Orleans, he never left. You know, you feel like he was just your neighbor. It's exactly what we see In the Bone Gangs, exactly what we see in all of these cultures, honoring the ancestors. You put these altars up to them, they're not dead, they're alive. They come back and they're always with you. As long as you are thinking of them and have pictures of them, they will never die. This piece was
0: produced by reporter Natalie Yar. Jazz Fest runs through Sunday.
7: I am Tariana Tankball of Tank and the Bangas. My name is Norman Spence. I play uh, the keyboard and a few other instruments.
8: Hey, I'm Albert Allenbeck. I am a benga, the second part of Tank and the Bangas. <laughs> I play saxophone and flute.
7: My name is Joshua Daniel Johnson. I play drums and I am the MD for Tank and the Bangas. New
0: Orleans' own Tank and the Bangas have toured across the world since winning NPR's Tiny Desk Contest last year. Now the acclaimed band is back home to perform at a few local venues and to grace the Acura stage at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. I had a chance to speak with Tank and the Bangas after a sold out show at Tipitina's. And my first question, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans?
7: (laughs) Well, I've been missing home a lot, you know. um, To be in the hills of California was something, you know, so beautiful to see. But for the first time in my life, I missed being below sea level.
0: The band's most recent success include performances at South by Southwest and debuting at Coachella. And in between shows back and forth in the U.S., Tank and the Bangers were able to release their newest single, Smoke Netflix Chill, a song just as fun as the title implies. Here's how it came about.
7: Oh man so much fun creating it in a room full of friends and um, started off literally as a freestyle and went somewhere amazing. We got so many amazing dope artists on it from New Orleans and it's really cool to hear it actually like breathe and walk and climb the charts. In a drunken stupid, looking stupider I don't know when the time went I'm sending a long text message and was reckless outside of your apartment
0: NPR Music premiered the track last month and calls it a rhythm and blues-infused gem that packs humor and emotional punch. Oh, and those New Orleans musicians featured on the song? Well, saxophonist Albert Allenback tells us about that.
8: Man, we, we had a, this group called the Harbinger Project. Um, this guy named Josh and he beatboxes with a machine like like a MPC Akai type thing and he holds he holds loops and pads and then triggers them and does different stuff with them and it's amazing and so he's on the track and uh, DJ Rockaway scratched on it and Alfred Banks did the hook and and we had use, we had a sample clearance problem so we had to make a whole new sample out of Alfred's voice and it was crazy
7: Like what? We get lit, to the,
0: the band's ongoing evolution involves more than just music, and it's obvious. We know each other so much more
8: as people now that it affects the stage performance in a in a good way, in a really good way. Because like it's kind of like talking, you know, it's um. John's brother Joe actually talks to me about this all the time like how it's like a conversation you know and it's really just like talking to each other and you know how you talk to a friend is like you have good conversations with a friend right so it's like good conversations on stage too Um, that's the biggest thing we've grown as people so we've grown as musicians as well it's really awesome um, because you know I've been around for what four years I think and I mean in that time in the four years we've grown like you know anybody could tell you it's been like it's been amazing how much we've grown in four years we're more free
7: than we were before. And somehow more refined. You know, Tank, as an individual, has always been probably damn near as free as she is right now because she's just such a, like, she is a force. And I noticed it was like a childlike freedom. You know what I mean? Whatever come to heart, she bring it sincere, and everybody appreciate it, whether she went through it or not. <laughs> so, I mean, um, but that has also... Uh, kind of spilled over on the band in different ways and I feel like we all are kind of coming out of our shells in ways. I know I, me, I'm dancing way more than I ever have. and I'm not great, but I don't have to be.
0: <laughs> that was keyboardist Norman Spence talking about his newfound freedom on stage. So I asked Tank about that freedom, which he says she always had.
7: I'm free. Um, free of inhibitions, free of fear, you know, um... A lot go through my mind in the middle of a show you know um is a no right is a dance right is my outfit coming apart you know is my track on but um but there's just so many moments where none of it matters and that's that's freedom
2: cruising in new
5: orleans
0: Hear those background vocals? That's the Grenades.
7: Hey, what's up? My name is Angelica Jelly Joseph, and I am a Grenade in Tank and the Bangas. Kayla Jasmine, and I am one of the Grenades that sing background.
0: The Grenades are like the cherry on top for Tank and the Bangas.
7: The Grenades are like hype men slash, you know, beautiful vocalists slash, you know, like the, the the party jumpers. I don't really know how to explain it, but you know. We serve a purpose and we do it to the best of our ability, you know, and people enjoy it. Tank loves us. We love to do it. You know, we just happy to be here. Tell everybody it. So they
5: gotta go on stage. So who's there What's that? We gotta go on stage
0: next. After their Jazz Fest performance, Tank and the Bangas will continue their extensive North American tour, and as they continue to make their mark across the globe, I wondered if any shows stood out more than others so far. Here's drummer and music director Joshua Johnson.
7: South Africa. South Africa was a very, very different experience. We did a whole lot of things that we never did. We went a place that we didn't think we would go so far so fast, and it was just It was different to experience how people would receive us that far away from home, but in the same sense, feeling that close to home, if that makes any sense at all. What show stands out most? Hmm. Honestly, our first weekend at Coachella. That one is really, really big for me. Our energy was just all over the place. We were so excited, we were so nervous. It was our first time doing something like that, so we were just like, I hope they like us. I hope they you know they're into it. And when we got out there, the energy was just crazy. They were so receptive to us. they were so just warm, you know they were into it and which made us be more into it. So we gave our all. I can say we gave our all at that show. Hey, I'm Naya Izumi, and this is my 2018 NPR Tiny Desk Contest Entry.
0: NPR recently announced this year's Tiny Desk winner, Naya Izumi, who's extremely talented. And as the reigning winner of the contest, Tank was on the panel of judges. So I ended by asking if she spoke to Naya after his big win.
7: Yeah, I never spoke to him yet, but I definitely sent him a congratulations and um, just telling him what Bob Bowling told me, that basically it's about to be an incredible ride.
0: And that incredible ride continues for Tank and the Bangas. NPR Music calls them the best live band in America. You can catch them Friday at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival or Saturday night at the Civic Theater. For more information on the band, visit tankandthebangas.com. And that's it for this week's edition of All Things New Orleans. I'm Janae Pierre. Follow me on Twitter at Miss Janae Pierre and feel free to tweet comments or questions. Would you like to suggest a guest or topic? Send an email to Janae at WWNO.org. That's J-A-N-A-E at WWNO.org. Visit our website to check out previous shows and be sure to catch us next week right here on 89.9 WWNO New Orleans and 90.5 KTLN Thibodaux, Homa. Thanks for joining us and happy festing.